Do you have a wet basement? You've got a problem. Not only are you inviting toxic mold, a flooded foundation can raise serious structural issues. But here's the good news. Jackhammers and backhoes and other drastic measures are probably not in your future if you read our tips for sealing your basement. Hit moneybit.com, click on ideas and tips, then click repair and improve. And for answers to any home improvement or home repair question, give us a call right now. 888-MONEYPIT. Coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Are you a do-it-yourselfer? Are you a do-it-to-yourselfer? Well, <laughs> if you're in the latter category, we are here to help you with your home improvement projects. We're here to help you solve the do-it-yourself dilemmas. Call us now at 888-MONEYPIT. Let's talk about what you're doing, what you're working on in your house right now. You working on the roof? Well, probably not. It's too hot outside. It's darn hot out. Maybe you're trying to figure out how do you can make that air conditioning system work a little better, cool your house a little less expensively. We could talk about that. Are you suffering some plumbing problems in the house? You don't want to waste water right now. We need every drop we have. Whatever you're working on, no matter how small, how big, how crazy, how wild, call us right now, 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Hey, we're going to talk this hour about one of my favorite topics, outdoor rooms, and specifically how to create a lightscape, a beautiful lighting pattern, lighting landscape, so to speak, where you can mix different types of lights. We're going to talk to a lighting designer on how to do just that. Yeah, outdoor lighting actually is a wonderful addition to your home, whether for an architectural perspective, maybe you want to make um, an arbor or the front of the house, maybe the focus, or you want to look into safety issues, light areas, so you don't make it appealing to an intruder. And in fact, outdoor lighting can actually add drama to your home's exterior, and if that's what you want it to do, it can do it for you. And lighting can help create any mood that you want, especially with the use of an outdoor lighting designer. We're going to talk to one in a few minutes and find out how you can plan your own outdoor lighting scheme. And boy, does Leslie Segretti know drama. <laughs> I'm the creator of drama. She's the girl. Call us right now, one <laughs> money pit One caller this hour we choose was going to win a set of three Ryobi One products. They all charge off the same battery, and guess what? It includes a radio, a fan, and an inflator. So no matter what project you're doing around the house, you'll have some tools to get the job done. So Leslie, who's our first caller? Roofing's on the mind of Stephen Oregon. What can we do for you? Well, hi there. How are you hi doing there. Today? Tell us about your roof. Well, I've got a, a bar tile roof. Okay. And it's about 30 years old. And uh, I've had a few people come out to help me with moss removal. And uh, some professionals are saying that I need to have this tile roof replaced. Would those be roofing professionals? <laughs> yeah, roofing professionals. But we have no leaks, and I have no... Uh, I was going to say that a 30-year-old tile roof is a, actually a fairly young roof. Generally, the tiles don't wear out. Sometimes, if you're in an area where you have um, a frost problem, they can expand and crack and deteriorate that way when the, when the glaze sort of breaks down. But, but generally, the problem with a tile roof is maintenance because while the tiles don't wear out, the fasteners that hold them in wear out. Have you ever lost tiles on this roof? No. Well, it sounds 
sounds to me like you got a great, a great roof, roof, Steve. I, I don't know that I would be rushing to replace that. You know, tile roofs can last 50 to 100 years. Oh, that's why they're so yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, they're expensive, but they're they're an investment-grade roof. Is there any truth to the fact that bar tile roofs won't last as long as the, the normal Spanish-style Only your, if you're a roofer in Oregon that wants to sell a roof to a guy named Steve that has a bar tile roof. <laughs> okay? Okay. All right. Well, that's what I was kind of figuring. <laughs> All right, Steve. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. You know, the uh, roofing contractors aren't necessarily the best people to give you an impartial expert advice when it comes to making a very expensive repair. So if, if people that are in the business of selling repairs give you advice that you need to hire them, chances are they're looking oh, for yeah, work. Or the least you should be doing is getting a second opinion. And Steve, we're glad that we can do just that for you. Tennessee's on the line, and Eddie's got some leaking bricks. What's going on? I have a home that is just absolutely leaking uh, at the foundation and was wondering if you all would know something that would fix this. It's coming in at where the, the floor it is the brick outside. It's exterior brick. Okay. And it's coming in at the floor and was wondering if, if there's some way to fix that. So what's happening is you have a brick home and the water is getting in between the brick and the wood structure and then coming out and leaking wood on the first floor or in the basement? It is a first floor, yes. On the brick exterior wall, Eddie, uh, are there weep holes? Are there places where there are gaps in the brick for the moisture to uh, escape? Uh-huh. There are. It's like on a corner of the house. Because what I suspect is that there's some either breakdown in flashing or there's some gap in the brick structure, mortar could be missing, or a place where water is getting in that wall, falling, uh, and then leaking before it has a chance to run out the weep holes. And we've got to identify where that gap is. Now, if you say it's near a corner, um, is this uh, entire home brick or is it just the first floor? Describe the exterior finish to me. Uh, single floor, it's one floor, and it's uh, entirely brick. Uh, the house is approximately 29 years old. All right, so what I suspect is that there's a gap in the brick wall or there's a crack in the brick wall or a place where mortar is missing, and I would carefully examine up on a ladder all of the space around the corner of the house where you see the leaks coming in. And I think you're going to find that there's a breakdown there somewhere. Now, once you identify it, it should be easy enough to fix but it sounds to me like the wall is built correctly because you mentioned it has weep holes, but there's still a space where the water is getting in. If it's not coming in the roof area, it's got to be coming in through a crack or a crevice in the construction of the brick wall itself. All right, Eddie, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Let's talk to Marlene in New Jersey who finds the money pit on WCTC, and you've got a flooding basement. Tell us what happens. Uh, my brother went away on vacation, and he came back, and the basement was flooded. Uh, we cleaned it up, and then uh, it flooded again. But this time it was coming actually from the ground. And we think that there's a stream that runs under the house. Are you finding, or is your brother finding, that the basement floods after a heavy rainfall, or does it just seem to happen at certain times of the year? Well, he's been in the house for 15 years. This was the first time that actually he had experienced, uh, you know, water. He, they just put in two sump pumps, you know. But I don't know if that's really, uh, if it's a stream underneath, is that going to really... No, because you know what? The stream didn't just materialize after 15 it, years. It would have been there forever. Yeah, exactly. No, I think, Leslie, this is a classic grading and drainage problem. 
I mean, you never know. You could have a breakdown in your gutter system. We had the same thing with our basement. All of a sudden, everything was fine. All of a sudden, we had water in the basement. It was because we had a crack in the gutter 20 feet away from where the water came into the house. This can happen. I mean, if your gutter or your drainage system isn't working properly, water can come in from the outside through the subfloor, through the walls, because it's all concrete and it's hydroscopic. So it's pulling that water in. So have your brother look at his gutter systems. Make sure they're clean. Make sure the downspouts are clean. If they're full, that water's going to back up and over and come in behind the roof, behind the walls. It can deposit from the downspouts right into the foundation. So have them look at the downspouts. Make sure that they're clean. Make sure that they deposit the water three to six feet away from the house. And then look at the grading. You want to slope down about four inches over six feet going away from the house. So it's a gradual slope, but it's effective. And those, if you do those things, that should really control the water that comes into the basement. Marlene, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. I'd like to have um, just like a nickel for every <laughs> unnecessary sump pump that is purchased and installed in this country. Yeah, but in some situations, people really do. Need rarely, them. rarely, it all comes down to grading and drainage, folks. It's very easy to fix. Don't panic over wet basements. We can make them go away. Call us now one eight 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 Money Pit. Betty in Wisconsin's got some unwanted water in the kitchen. Tell us what's going on with the fridge. Seems like when I make ice, uh, it creates a lot of uh, ice down on the bottom of the freezer part, and then it leaks out on the floor. And I don't know if it's when it's defrosting or when I'm making ice. Hmm. Betty, where exactly is the water dripping out from? Down on the floor. And you have a drip pan underneath this? Yes. If it's a self-defrosting refrigerator, there's usually a tube that comes out and aims towards the drip pan. And what I'm thinking here is that that part of the drain is misaligned or has become jammed or bent or... The tube could even be clogged. clogged. Exactly. Because it's not getting to the pan. It's coming out elsewhere, and that's the issue. So what you're going to have to do is pull that pan out, look under there with a strong flashlight, identify where that tube is, and try to figure out if it's blocked or it's clogged or perhaps it's missing. I don't think that it's a major deal. I think you're just going to have to be a bit of a detective here. And if you can't see under there, I'll give you a little trick of the trade from my years as a home inspector. And that is you can take a small mirror, like the kind that you use for compact, like a makeup mirror, and shine the flashlight against that and that will light up the underside of the refrigerator, and you can see where you're going with the mirror. Oh, okay. Now, I don't want you guys to get the idea that I carried my makeup with me on my years as a home inspector. <laughs> we actually use the folding mirror for that, but I'm not suggesting you go out and buy one, but a compact works fine. All right. All right, Betty, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit 888-666-3974. So, it's hot, hot, hot. Your air conditioning is acting up. Of course it is, because this is when you need it. Well, if it is, we've got a solution. Up next, we're going to tell you how to troubleshoot a common problem with your air conditioning and fix it. Top three reasons I'm going to need a professional installer. Number three, some things you just can't ask your buddies to help with. Number two, I only have two arms, and clearly that won't be enough. And number one, countertops are more than I want to tackle. The Home Depot can get it installed, guaranteed, from top to bottom, inside and out, like new countertops or cabinets. Come in and just leave it to us. The Home Depot. You can do it. We can help. License numbers available at your local store. Table saw. 18-volt drill driver. 8-piece combo kit. You don't have to just wish you had the power tools you really want. 
With RYOBI, you can actually afford them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. And they sound really good, too. RYOBI. Exclusively at the Home Depot. Over the course of 50 years, you could have three children. You could buy nine cars. You could take 66 vacations. You could own seven pets. And you could need only one roof, provided you invest in a metal roof. Metal roofing is investment-grade roofing because it pays you back over time. It stands up to rain, hail, high winds, and wildfires, and is built to endure for decades. Plus, metal roofing is available in all kinds of beautiful colors and styles. To learn more about investment-grade roofing, visit MetalRoofing.com and see how, over time, a metal roof can save you enough money to pay for a lot of those vacations. In many parts of the country, a metal roof can help to reduce your home energy bills over the course of the year. It's one more reason to consider durable and beautiful investment-grade metal roofing. For details or to find a contractor in your area, log on to MetalRoofing.com. This spring, the wet look is in. For outdoor surfaces, that is. New Bear Wet Look Sealer gives surfaces a high-gloss, wet-look finish and protects against moisture, stains, and automotive chemicals. It can be used on interior or exterior pavers, concrete, unglazed tiles, brick, aggregate, natural stone, masonry, and stucco. Find it at the Home Depot or visit bearbehr.com. And remember, when it comes to stains and finishes, there's good, better, and bare. When you took your first steps or drove your first car, there was someone there to coach you through it. But when it's time to put a new faucet in, it's just you, a confusing set of instructions, and that nervous, gnawing feeling in your belly. That's where I come in. As the Peerless Faucet Coach, I can help you through every step of your installation, starting with the hardest part, getting the old faucet out. For a free undo-it-yourself guide, visit faucetcoach.com. Then get ready to turn your dreams into hot and cold running reality. This portion of the Money Pit was brought to you by RYOBI, manufacturer of professional feature power tools and accessories, with an affordable price for the do-it-yourselfer. RYOBI Power Tools, pro features, affordable price. Available exclusively. 888-MONEY-PIT, waiting for your calls. We want to hear about your home improvement projects. We want to hear about your do-it-yourself dilemmas. We want to help you avoid becoming a do-it-to-yourselfer. <laughs> so call us right now, 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Here is a quick tip to help you get that air conditioning system working well. All right, folks, you're probably sweating it up out there and putting those window units through every ounce of energy they've got. But here are some things to look for if you're having some problems with that window air conditioning unit. If it seems to be running but there's no air blowing, here's what you need to know. Every air conditioner is equipped with at least two motors, the compressor and the fan motor. It's possible for a fan motor to be defective and the compressor to be running. If this is the case, the unit's going to appear to be running and might even sound normal, but no air is blowing out of the front or the back of the unit. If after removing the cover of the unit, you discover the fan blade is very stiff and difficult to rotate, the fan motor may need some oiling or it might need to be replaced. Want some more great AC tips to keep you cool all summer long? Sign up for the free Money Pit e-newsletter. Wondering what the optimum temperature is to keep your air conditioning system running properly? Wondering how to eliminate that puddle of water that sometimes mysteriously appears under your central air conditioning? All of that included in next week's edition of the Money Pit free e-newsletter. Sign up today at moneypit.com.
Another thing that's free around here at the Money Pit is our free prize to one lucky caller this hour who gets their question answered on the Money Pit. We're giving away now the uh, RYOBI One Plus system. They've got three new tools for their 18-volt power tool platform, and it works all with their 20 different tools. Four million homeowners are out there using it, and RYOBI's got some fun ones. And one caller we choose this hour is going to get a sneak preview of the new One Plus inflator, One Plus radio, and the One Plus personal fan. These are items that will come in handy for camping, boating, or just hanging out by the pool and they're all compatible with the 18 volt platform you may already own so if you got some ryobi 18 volt batteries you can use them in these new tools or you can buy new ones you'll also get two batteries and a charger with this prize package to qualify call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT leslie who's next bill in michigan what's going on in your kitchen i've got a uh, formica counter um with a uh, formica splash drywall uh, the counter fits into the exterior wall of the house, okay. and in the wintertime, the uh, backsplash separates from the drywall by about a quarter of an inch, so the, the caulking is all pulled away from the drywall. And it was one of those projects that I kept putting off and putting off, and in this, this late spring, I went to recaulk it, and it hit sealed back up. <laughs> the mysteriously moving countertop. Well, you know, what's happening here is, you know, when in the winter, things dry out and you get a lot of expansion, and so it's just pulled away. So I think timing here is key. <laughs> but a, a cup... Do it in the winter when yeah, it's got and the space. It'll compress in the summer. You won't have to worry about it. Um, when you do this uh, caulking, uh, one thing to keep in mind is because this is in a kitchen area, you want to use a caulk that has a mildicide in it. DAP makes a caulk, for example, it has microban, an antimicrobial additive. It's sort of like the uh, Intel inside in the caulk. And it's smart in that it doesn't grow any mold because once that area gets wet... It'll turn nasty looking. And make sure when you're going to put that caulk in there that you clean that area in the space with the bleach and water solution just to get rid of any mold or mildew that might be growing in there. And then let it dry really, really well before you go ahead and put that caulk in there because you don't want any mold to grow behind it. This way it'll get a nice clean seal. And Bill, if you have any areas that have large gaps in it, you want to stuff those gaps first. If you can get some of the um, flexible foam rod, you can shove it in there or just take newspaper and roll it in there because you don't want to have... a really, really thick wad of of caulk. You just want to have about caulk that's about a quarter of an inch thick. Not any not any thicker than that, or it's not going to dry properly. You know, um, for years I worked in new construction while I was growing up, and I put in a lot of kitchens in. Of course, the last thing you do is is uh, caulk that countertop. And man, we had to caulk some pretty wide gaps. I think that I dare say I used mm-hmm. a, a spackling knife and a caulk gun together more than <laughs> once. Bill, thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Lauren, Florida's got a floor situation going on. Tell us about it. Uh, yes, I have terrazzo floors, and my house is older, and they have carpet laid over it now, but there's terrazzos underneath there, and I would like to know how to make them brand new again. So you want to take the carpet away and see the condition of the terrazzo floor? Yes, ma'am. Have you seen it? Do you, can you tell us what it looks like, or are you just guessing? Well, in the two bathrooms, the terrazzo floor is visible, where you can see it right now, and in the storage room, and they look sort of dull. I don't know what to do. I've tried every single cleaner I could possibly imagine on them to try to get them to look right, but <laughs> I haven't. No, they, they need to be mm-hmm. rebuffed. Um, you know, terrazzo is just gorgeous. I've actually seen terrazzo made, and it's a lot of work to make that, and there's a lot of steps involved. And if the finishes are getting worn and grimy and dirty, it has to be abraded, and then it has to be rebuffed. So 
this is something that you might not want to do yourself because you've already seen how frustrating it can be. But if it's done right, it's going to come up and it's going to look gorgeous. You, know, you basically need to have the right tools and the right equipment to sort of grind down or braid down or sand down the surface that you can get to some new material and then kind of bring it back up again. But if it's structurally in good shape, then I see no reason to do that. Oh, and it would be such an addition to the price of your home because terrazzo oh, yeah. floors are gorgeous. And if you've Absolutely. got them protected underneath that carpet pad and under that rug, it really should just be the buffing to restore it. So, Laura, it's not cleaning, it's buffing, and it's bringing it back up that way, okay? Sounds great. All right, Laura, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Roger in West Virginia is up next, and you've got a retaining wall that's falling apart. Tell us what's going on. Hi, folks. Hey. Hi there. I uh, need your help with... Uh this, this one wall is not a retaining wall, okay? It's a concrete block, but it's more like a fence than anything else. It doesn't hold back dirt. It just holds back the neighbors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they're worse than dirt. <laughs> the top of it is disintegrating, and I'm sure it's because of water being in it. Uh, a couple of the uh, caps have uh, fallen to pieces, and I, uh, I've replaced a couple of them, but I'm going to have to do more. This is what I want to know with that particular wall. Which would be better, to fill the wall in with concrete or to drill holes in the back of it to let the water out, and how far apart would you have to do that? You know, the thing is, the concrete wall, the block wall, is pretty hydroscopic, so I think the water's going to get out one way or the other. I don't necessarily feel like you have to drill holes in it. Um, because it is an exposed block wall, it's going to be subject to frost heave. You're going to get moisture in there. It's going to get cold. It's going to crack and deteriorate. So the most important thing is that cap. So any improvement you can make to the cap would be the smart thing to do. I don't feel it's necessary at all to fill the whole thing with concrete. If you see water being trapped inside of it and you wanted to uh, put some weep holes in it, I see also no problem doing that. I just don't think it's necessarily required. If you're trying to paint the wall and you get it very wet, the paint's not going to stick and the, and the holes could let the water kind of weep out perhaps a little quicker. But I think the key to keeping this intact is to make sure the cap is, is in good shape. So I would concentrate your maintenance work on that cap and not so much on the walls because if the cap is intact, the water's not going to get in there and the wall's going to stand up. Is there some kind of a sealer uh, coat that I should put on the top of it? Well, first of all, structurally make sure you're using the right products. And then secondly, you can put a masonry sealer on there, but make sure you choose one that's vapor permeable. It's very, very important. And it'll say so on the sealer that you buy because if it's not vapor permeable, what happens is the moisture gets in, but it can't get out. Even though it's a sealer, there will be some moisture that will eventually weep in. And if that happens, you want to make sure it can get out. Because if not, it stays in there, then it freezes and cracks. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, okay, Money Pit listeners, up next, landscape lighting. It adds safety, it adds security, and it adds beauty to your outside. Find out what you need to know about your outdoor lighting next. You live in a Money Pit. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by Dense Armor Plus, the revolutionary paperless drywall from Georgia Pacific. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Leslie, I don't know if I've ever shared with you one of my favorite made-up words. I call it lightscape. I love that word. The idea of, you know, creating sort of a landscape with light around your property, it's such a smart thing to do. First of all, it makes your place look really snappy. Secondly, it can improve the safety and the security of your home as well. So it's beautiful and it's functional. 
Yeah, but it's more than just functional. The right outdoor lighting can transform a space and, you know, create any mood that you want to convey, whether it's romance or relaxation, whatever you want to do. And it takes the right pro to get that job done. Right now, we're going to speak with Tom Bellavacqua. He is an expert with 20 years of landscape lighting design experience. He is the design principal for a company called After Dark Landscape Lighting. Hey, Tom, thanks for stopping by the Money Pit. Hi, how are you? Thank you both for having me today. It is our pleasure. I hear that uh, you reside in New York and you've got six kids? Long Island, New York, and yes, I do. Uh, wow. He's my neighbor. You must be a hardworking guy. Uh, yeah, we try. <laughs> we have to keep going. So, Tom, do you think that uh, landscape lighting is something that most people will overlook in the overall landscape of their home? I think years ago it used to be overlooked quite a bit, but uh, now with a lot of people spending a lot of time at home and enjoying their property, creating outdoor living environments, uh, landscape lighting is becoming a, a very important part of the, uh, of the job itself. Yeah, but does landscape lighting just have to be lighting up any of your gardens, or can it be structural as well? No, nope. uh, landscape lighting is both for the garden, the landscape, and architectural features of the home and the house. When you think about landscape lighting and just outdoor lighting in general, Tom, it seems to intimidate people. I mean, it, it intimidates me somewhat with the thought of having to dig up my yard and run wires and run electricity, and we know electricity and water doesn't mix. <laughs> How do you install landscape lighting so that it's safe and convenient? Well, first of all, when you're dealing with landscape lighting, there's, there's two ways to go, and you can go with uh, low-voltage lighting or line voltage. Um, a majority of the service that we provide is all in low-voltage lighting, and it's just a much safer environment um, for exactly what you said, um, because it's typically running on a 12-volt system versus a 120-volt system, Mixing that with the elements, being rain, you know, corrosive weather, it just creates a safer environment, you know, for uh, our families and our pets. But what's the benefit as far as aesthetically between low voltage and line voltage? Yeah, that's a good question. Can you get the same level of illumination even though it's a low voltage circuit? You can actually get much better illumination. With uh, low voltage, you're able to focus the fixtures and be more directional. So you're able to create a lot of different uh, moods, ambiances, and different effects being up lighting or down lighting and um, shadow lighting, whereas um, high intensity lighting creates a lot of shadows and it makes it very flat. So using low voltage uh, lighting fixtures, you're able to create a lot of depth and dimension to the property, giving it an overall uh, a much more elegant scene. We're talking to Tom Bellavacqua. He is a design principal with After Dark Landscape Lighting and really an expert in lighting design. So Tom, as we uh, say we're standing in our backyard at night and we're looking at the property, where do you sort of start building this lighting plan for yourself? What's the first thing that a homeowner should think about? Really all depends on what your focus is and what your goal is. There's a lot of people um, you know, who are looking to create that ambiance or the mood, you know, that a, a dramatic landscape and home will provide. Other people are looking for the feeling of security that they get, that um, an adequately lit property provides. And then you have other people that are just wishing to extend their outdoor usability of their property, you know, late into the evening hours. So basically, when I meet with my clients on our initial design consultation, it's really finding out what their goals are, what they're trying to accomplish, then I pick certain focal points in the backyard uh, to, to draw your eye to certain different areas, and then we start to build the lighting design around that to create your guests and your family 
to look at those certain areas that you're trying to bring out as your focal point. Tommy, do you think it's important to hire a pro to sort of help you map out this entire plan, or is it something that people can do on their own? You know, there are quite a bit of people that, um, that do the lighting on their own, and it's, you know, it's, it's autistic, and, you know, people get a lot of benefits from it, as well as any home improvement as far as self-gratification. But really, uh, I believe that in any job, you should really hire a professional to, to do that job. And there are quite a bit of benefits from it. First of all, again, as I mentioned, uh, a lighting designer has the artistic abilities to create that design and satisfy your goals, whether they're for the beauty of the property, the security, or the safety. He's able to a properly executed design. That designer is able to make that reflection of your property your own personality. I think also there's a lot of new uh, technologies that are out there, the controls that are available. You know, I understand that there's wireless controls and there's wired controls and then the timing circuits and all of that. So I guess if it's a very complicated installation, probably it's best to have a pro. But as you say, you can do a very simple landscape lighting design just by yourself. Tom Bevilacqua, thanks again for joining us. If you want more information on After Dark Lighting, go to www.afterdark-lighting.com for more information. All right, Money Pit listeners, do you have some crumbling vintage steps out in the front of your house? If it's vintage, is that a good it thing? It depends. In this installation, I wouldn't really think a vintage <laughs> step would be an <laughs> ideal thing. All right, well, don't just consider replacing it. Consider redoing them. It's a great idea for a new look for your home next. Money Pit! Oh, honey, the heat ruined my hairdo. Not the heat, it's the humidity. My scrapbook, too. These pages are soggy. Not the heat, it's the humidity. But we have central air. I turned it up so high, I'm freezing. Why do I still feel so clammy? Why does everything smell musty in this hot weather? Not the heat, it's the humidity. He's right, it's the humidity that adds the swelter to steamy summer heat. What can you do about it? Remove it with an April Air whole home dehumidifier. April Air, fresh ideas for indoor air. Visit AprilAir.com. It doesn't match the new shower curtain is a perfectly good reason for replacing your old faucet. As is, I'd rather be looking at brushed nickel when I wash my hands. And that classic motivator of home improvement, companies coming. That's where I come in. I'm the Peerless Faucet Coach, and when you visit me at faucetcoach.com, I'll stick with you through every step of your faucet installation. All you need to get started is one good reason. If that reason is my old faucet keeps spraying me in the face, well, that'll work too. Mold is in your house. Chances are it's breeding behind your walls. In fact, it's been estimated that 70% of all homes could have mold in their wall cavities, particularly when moisture is present. Fortunately, there's an ingenious new way to fight the problem. You see, until now, drywall had paper on both sides, and mold eats paper, which is why more people are insisting on a new paperless drywall called Dens Armor from Georgia Pacific. Unlike conventional paper face drywall, Dens Armor has glass mat facings on both sides, and no paper on the surface means one less place for mold to get started. It's that simple and that revolutionary. If you are building or remodeling, stop feeding mold by using Dens Armor. To find out more, go to stopfeedingmold.com or ask about it at your local building supply retailer. Somewhere, a guy is tossing his golf clubs into the water. But you, you'd rather build, say, a burled maple coffee table. RYOBI Woodworking Tools let you do it. RYOBI gives you the power and precision you need to succeed at prices that help you get going. 
Of course, there's still some equipment involved, but it's power tools. And you don't have to wear those funny clothes to use them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. RYOBI, exclusively at the Home Depot. That's just beautiful. This portion of the Money Pit was brought to you by April Air, makers of professionally installed high-efficiency air cleaners. For more information, go to AprilAir.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, one 888 888 What are you working on? Is your roof leaking? Is your floor squeaking? Has your toilet become a run-on sentence? <laughs> Call us now, 888-MONEY-PIT. And if you have crumbling, cracking steps leading to your front door, you should consider changing the entire look instead of just replacing the steps. What about this? A winding, gradually lifted walkway. That will eliminate some steps. This concrete path would offer easier access for older or disabled visitors and also makes for a smooth transport of groceries, strollers, and small children. Hey, that's a great idea, Tom. And I bet it would really make the front of your house look a little bit more grand and also boost that resale value if you're thinking of putting the house on the market. Well, everybody out there, you got a home improvement or a home repair question? Fire away. In addition to the information you're after, you might come away with a great prize. That's right, because right now we're giving away a sneak preview of the new OnePlus inflator, OnePlus radio, and OnePlus personal fan, all from Ryobi. These items will come in handy for camping, boating, or just hanging out by the pool, and they're all compatible with the existing 18-volt batteries you might already own, or you're going to get two new batteries with this package. For more information, you can check them out at RyobiTools.com. Now, that inflator comes with uh, high and low pressure. It allows users to inflate a variety of items. It's got a lock-on switch that allows for automatic inflation of up to 40 PSI and manual inflation for up to 115 PSI, which basically means it'll do your bike tires, it'll do your car titles, or do your boats. Ooh, just in time to do all of those floaties that your kids want you inflate and the in floaties. the yard. That's right, because you get winded pretty <laughs> quickly blowing them up without it. So that's just one of the great prizes. You also get the radio and the fan. It's worth over 100 bucks. You want to qualify, call us right now at one. 888-MONEY-PIT, and you must, you must, you must be willing to come on the air and ask us your home improvement question. Leslie, who's next? We're going out to Florida next with Jim, who's putting a laminate floor in the bathroom. And Jim, might I say, what a wonderful choice. Laminate is beautiful. So what's your question? Well, the question was, I'm putting a laminate floor in a mobile home or remodeling, and uh, what I was concerned about was the moisture in the bathroom, how it would affect the laminate floor, you know, being the wood. Jim, laminate floor is a great choice for the bathroom. There's two things you need to do different uh, when installing it in the bathroom versus, say, a family room or a living room. The first thing you want to do is glue the laminate boards together. So when you assemble them, you want to run a thin bead of yellow uh, carpenter's glue between the boards where it comes together. And secondly, you want to caulk the gap between the laminate floor and the wall. And I would use a good quality silicone caulk. Now, you can still put, say, a baseboard molding on top of that, but you need to caulk that. Those are the only two things that manufacturers recommend be done differently in a wet location like a bathroom as compared to, say, a living room or a bedroom. But laminate floor But the laminate is a great choice. Absolutely. I mean, it's made from plastic. It looks like just about anything you want it to, from a tile to a wood plank. It's structurally stable. It's durable. And it looks great. And it's a great choice. Well done, Jim. Jim, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. All right, up next in Michigan, we've got Kurt who listens to Money Pit on Wham. Tell us about your kitchen countertop debate. Bought a house about three years ago, and it's got the original Formica countertops, and we've contemplated doing the upgrade. Just wanted to get your opinion on the uh, 
the granite tile countertops, you know, with the tight fitting. Mm-hmm, versus the slab. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's a matter of budget, Kurt, and personal taste. I mean, I think if you can afford the solid slab, and of course it depends on which type you choose, how much linear feet you have on your countertops, you know, that's really going to vary the cost of the granite because you can choose a granite that's $60 a square and you can choose a granite that's hundreds of dollars a square. So it's really up to you and your budget. I think the solid looks amazing only because it's a uniform piece. If you go with the granite tile, you're going to save a bunch of money, but then you're going to have seams, even though they do join them and then do grout that as well. It's really a personal taste, I think. Yeah. And you know, Kurt, it's also, of course, very important that you have it professionally installed because handling that stuff, there are some real tricks of the trade on how you handle that. And it's important that the cabins that they go on be absolutely flush and level mm-hmm. because you don't want to... might need some reinforcement. Yeah. You may have to do some structural reinforcement. And that's why it's so much more expensive. But, you know, it definitely is a great improvement for your house. And it's something that's going to give you a good return on investment. Okay, Kurt, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. 888-666-3974. We're going to talk to Ed New York, who's building a foundation. What can we do for you? Um, hi. Um, I have a question. Um, we uh, purchased a, uh, a house, a small house, um, in uh, northern Washington County in New York, right on the Vermont border. Okay. And uh, we're situated okay. on kind of a hillside. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. when, we, uh, when we originally looked at the house, uh, we knew that there was, uh, we were going to need to do some work on the foundation. And okay, the, how they, come? The house um, it, it actually was added on to. So the front part of the house, which is more on, more on the hillside, is, is built on a concrete, um, a poured concrete foundation. Okay. 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 But the, uh, the addition was built on um, uh, a concrete block. Okay. And that okay. block um, we knew was, uh, cr- you know, starting to buckle. Well, obviously, a solid poured concrete foundation is the best, Ed. Sure. Um, first of all, let me say this is not a do-it-yourself project. Oh, absolutely. I know that. Right. Because if you have a, one that's seriously buckled, you're going to have to temporarily support the wall um, while this is being done. And, and generally, they do something called needle beaming to do this, which is where you sort of take steel beams and thread them through the wall that has to be supported. And then they're supported on either side with some sort of jacks or blocking to take the pressure off. Um, in a repair situation like this, the, probably the best thing is going to be to rebuild the concrete block wall. If it's the addition and it's buckling, it sounds to me like it wasn't done right to begin with. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I think uh, it probably wasn't reinforced properly, or they didn't use the right width block or something. And, and so I think probably what you're going to end up doing is supporting the home in place, taking out those portions of the wall or perhaps all the wall, and then bringing it back up to speed. Let me give you uh, this recommendation, Ed. What I think you should do here is not go straight to a contractor. I think you should go to a structural engineer or an architect and let them design the repair and give you a set of plans. It might cost you 1000 1500 bucks, maybe a little bit more, but have them actually spec out the repair, because they'll be able to tell you exactly the best way to fix this. They're going to give you a set of drawings, which you'll need to get your building permit. And then with these drawings in hand, you can go ahead out to several contractors and get bids on having it repaired. And there's another reason you want to do this, because it's sort of like a pedigree on the condition of the repair or the the quality of the repair. Because if you go to sell this house in the future, you have a professional home inspector come in and they see that obviously there's been work done on this wall. Um, If I was the inspector, I would ask you about it. And if you said, yeah, I had some mason come in and fix it, that would not be good. But if you said to me, I hired a structural engineer or an architect to take a look at this, 
the architect designed the repair. Here's the plan. We hired contractors to follow this particular plan and make the repair. And then, and this is an important final step, have the architect or engineer come back and certify that it was done consistent with their design. Now, you can see what I mean by a pedigree. You have all your ducks in a row, and it looks good. It was done right, and it won't impact negatively the value of your home. Uh-huh. Okay. So that's the way I would approach it, Ed. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Are you looking for the best way to repair a concrete floor that's cracking and crumbling? Well, we'll give you those tips next. You live in a money pit. Money pit. This portion of the money pit is brought to you by Bear from Home where you can select from over 3,700 paint colors and order samples online for home delivery. For more information, visit bear.com. That's B-E-H-R dot com. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, standing by at one eight 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 Money Pit. Another way to reach us is to go to our website at moneypit.com and click on Ask Tom and Leslie. We get lots of email messages all week long. We do our best to get back to as many of you as we possibly can, including on this program. So why don't we jump right into the email bag? This one is from James of Framingham, Massachusetts, who writes, My garage floor has several huge cracks and gaps. It's a concrete floor. What's the best way to fix it? Will I need to rent a jackhammer and dig it all up, or is there a better, less expensive way? I think he just wants a jackhammer. Mm, Yeah, because that is a fun project. (laughs) It's noisy, it's fun, it's a stress-relieving project, you know. I I think really, James, it depends on how bad this floor is. Now, when you talk about huge cracks and gaps, you know, if you've got a slab, a cement floor, you're always going to have in that concrete floor some cracks and some gaps. I've hardly ever seen a crack-free concrete floor. There's always something. But if these are big slabs and they seem to be almost moving or they're heaved where one is like lifted up higher than the other, in that case, then you might want to think about replacing it. And of course, you'll get a chance to use that fun tool, the jackhammer. (laughs) Your neighbors aren't going to be happy. Yeah, it's actually surprisingly easy to use, though. I mean, once you get started with that, it comes apart pretty quickly. But then, you know, you're going to be tied into having to replace it and doing it properly. And by the way, you can pour a cement floor or a concrete floor that will not crack if you reinforce it properly, which almost never happens. So make sure you get a good mason uses woven wire mesh and reinforces it correctly. Um, If you have minor cracks, you can fill the the cracks up with an epoxy caulking compound. And then I would recommend an epoxy paint on top. And uh, all of those things will give you a very usable, very durable garage floor. All right, here's another one from Felix in Alexandria, Virginia, who writes, I'm having problems with my ice maker. The supply line inside the freezer froze. I was able to unclog it, but the ice maker still doesn't work correctly. The supply line outside the refrigerator leaks now. Yikes, that's a mess. Well, you did the right thing with uh, unfreezing that water line that drips the water into the ice maker with the hairdryer. That was a fine way to do it. What you also should do, though, when that happens is you need to replace the water shutoff valve or the water inlet valve or both of them if necessary, because generally when that happens, you're going to get a leak again. Well, okay, Money Pit listeners, it's about time to start thinking about some treatment that you might be doing to your lawn this fall. And before you tackle that, you might want to think about how you need to safely dispose 
of those pesticides. That's the topic of today's edition of Leslie's Last Words. That's right, and it's not just wrapping those containers up in a plastic bag and shoving them within your garbage. You actually have to dispose of them in a proper way. You know, keeping your lawn green and healthy usually means using some sort of chemical product on it, whether it's a fertilizer or a weed killer or a pesticide, and you may have some of those empty containers lying around your garage or shed. And here's what you need to do to get rid of those properly. If the label on your empty pesticide container tells you to rinse the container, use the rinse water on your target site. Don't pour the rinse water down your drain or on the ground or into a gutter or storm drain because you don't want to contaminate those systems. In most communities, these containers are not recyclable. Find out how to dispose of those through your own local waste management office. They'll tell you exactly what to do. Some of them have special days where you're supposed to bring certain you know, containers or paint or whatever right. to a certain site, and they usually do it about right. once a month. Remember that aerosol containers should be capped and thrown in with your trash. Fertilizer bags should be wrapped in newspaper and thrown into your trash. And remember, don't reuse any of these containers. Any unused product should also be disposed of through your local hazardous waste program. If you do these properly, you're going to keep your family safe and the environment's going to thank you for it. Safe home improvement is what we are all about. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. Hey, coming up next week on the program, it's a cordless revolution. We're going to talk power tools with Fine Home Building's editor, Kevin Ireton, and talk about why the new type of batteries are taking cordless to a whole new level. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Baby, 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 baby.